0: So you're going to be a starving artist.
1: Have you considered something more, you know, practical? How will you make money?
2: Why not get an MBA instead?
0: We've all heard it before. Your family's well-meaning pleas with you to ditch your art and find something practical to pursue in your career. Whatever that means... During practical advice for impractical pursuits, students in Michigan State University's Arts, Cultural Management, and Museum Studies program will extend stories from industry professionals across arts and culture, arming you with all the knowledge you need to not just make it, but thrive. Hello everybody, and thank you for listening. My name is Jake Gerard Price, and in this episode, The Balancing Act, A Guide to Running a Dance Company, I will be giving insight on the inner workings of a college dance company. This episode features tips and tricks to running a dance company or studio targeting college students. I am the marketing director for Michigan State University's Orcasis Dance Company. I run all the social media platforms and curate content targeting college students. Later, we will be talking with Orcasis' executive director, Sarah Osterling and the vice president of Orcasus, Katie Heiss. Formed in the mid 1900s, Orcasus is one of the largest student-run organization on MSU's campus. Orcasus's mission is to support and inspire the Michigan State University community through movement. As a whole, the dance community has struggled to adapt to changing times. With the COVID-19 pandemic, and the need to make arts more inclusive, dance has sometimes been a few steps behind. That's why it's important for us, arts managers, to make sure proper measures are being taken to make sure no community is left behind. Orcuses is a great example of an arts organization making inclusivity a fundamental part of their mission. Running a dance company is not an easy task. It involves lots of teamwork and communication. For example, Orcasis has a team of executive board members. Each member has a voice and a vision for the company. Decisions are made in meetings after deliberation. Running a successful college dance company requires balance. A balance between making art, providing our company members with dance education, and fostering a community. Now, let's talk with Orcasis' executive director, Sarah Osterling, and the vice president of Orcasis, Katie Heiss.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah Osterling. I'm the executive director of Orcs' Dance Company. Um, Really kind of what this means is I'm the president, so I organize the e-board. We have 11 members on our e-board, and I host those meetings. I really figure out everything that we need to do, um, especially in the pandemic too. Uh, I make the hard decisions that we do have to make in order to keep our dancers and keep everybody safe um, and just kind of overall oversee the whole company.
2: Hi, I'm Katie Heiss. I'm the Vice Executive Director of Orcasis Dance. Um, as the Vice Executive, I pretty much help Sarah with all of her roles. I help all the other positions with their roles. And then I'm um, kind of in charge of coordinating our guest choreographers and guest teachers.
0: Um, Sarah, could you kind of, since you're the Executive Director, you're kind of the expert on Orcasis right now, mm-hmm. could you kind of sum up Orcasus in a couple sentences? What What are some of our values and morals as a company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Orxis kind of goes by three main, uh, I guess values. We like to create, collaborate, and explore. And so we really just try to bring dancers all over the campus of MSU together to do those three things. Um, to really just let people express themselves through movement. Um, we are an official MSU Department of Theater initiative and is, as well as a registered, uh, student organization. And so we teach everything from like technique classes to Normally we would have like performances, um, casts have professional choreographers come in. And so everything we do is really just to like create movement and create um, dance and then collaborate with each other, you know, build these relationships and then really explore what can we do with dance and how far can we go and how can we really just kind of push society to, you know, be a better place and to create a community for ourselves.
0: Yeah, awesome. I love OrcaSIS for that. Um, one of my first questions is that, being on a college campus we're dealing with college students and so how do you how do you guys think orcasys markets and caters to college students
1: yeah well i can speak on this one um actually i'm a major in marketing through the business Road college and so i do have a lot of experience marketing to college students because for Orcasus, all of our members come from this pool of college students that's kind of our target target market and so we do a lot of different things from emailing campaigns, where we use MailChimp to kind of send out emails, just to let people know. Um, a really, really big way we get members is through participation. So once a year, MSU hosts this huge event. This year it was virtual, but still worked out really well, participation. And so with that, we kind of just set up our own little booth and then we talk to everybody, um, all the freshmen, all the sophomores, even juniors and seniors who are looking to get involved in other student organizations. And so that's one way we really kind of get college students to know about our club. Um, Because I think for us, it's a lot about awareness. Not everyone knows who Orcasis is. And so that's kind
2: of our job is to push who we are um, and get members that way. From a non-marketing standpoint, um, for Orcasis, it's really important that we're inclusive. It's one of a big value of ours. So when we're trying to get new members, we don't look for the best dancers. We're not saying you have to have a 180 degree tilt and have all your splits. Like we just want people who want to dance and have fun and meet new friends and really just join a good community. So being really inclusive and open to all um, dancers is something that's really important to us.
0: Yeah, that actually really nicely transitions onto my next question is how is orchestras inclusive to all? That is a huge, aspect of ORCASIS is that it doesn't matter if you're, if you've danced your entire life, if you've never danced before either, you can still be, you still have a home in ORCASIS and that's one of the really great things about this company. Um, can you, one, one of you talk about um, some of the inclusive measures that have been added? Um, like for example, putting pronouns on the, the application for the company.
1: Yeah, well, just as Jake said, that's actually something that um, we added this year that we realized was absolutely an absolute necessity where um, we do have applications, but we aren't selective in who we pick. So we want we just want people to apply. So we, you know, get uh, their information, but we let people we allow people and encourage people to use their own pronouns um, on their applications, but also in our like dancing uh, rehearsals through Zoom because you can adjust your name to say her hers or you know whatever it may be um and i can also kind of speak because i uh, (laughs) i've not been dancing all my life a lot of people in orcs have you know been dancing at three years old straight out of the womb um and so but just like katie said we don't look for the best dancers we look with people who have the most passion um and so even though i personally i haven't started dancing until i was in eighth grade and that's kind of Uh, that I don't have the same technique that a lot of people have but as the executive director that just kind of goes to show that we really are just looking for people who want to be here and who want to dance you don't have to be perfect to you know and still enjoy
2: something so incredible something else that we've added to our application this year is your preferred name because um, we have such a wide array of dancers that come from many different backgrounds some people don't prefer some people apply with one name but they prefer to go by another name based on um, personal preferences so that's something else that we've done to expand our inclusivity
0: yeah awesome i love that and i noticed that this year when we discussed going into this year we looked into how can we make orcasis more inclusive looking outside of orcasis now and just at in the dance community as a whole there is still a lot of Measures to be taken to make the dance community more inclusive. And that's one of the great things about Orcasus is that we're kind of paving the way for inclusive dance. Um, so kind of onto the next topic, which is the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Now I wasn't part of the e-board last year, so I kind of wanted you guys to talk about the process of being on eBoard last year, the executive board for Orcasus last year right when the news happened? How did you guys adapt? But what was some of the calls being made? What were the harsh decisions you guys had to make and what was the thought process behind those?
1: Yeah, that was a crazy moment. <laughs> I can tell you our group chat was blowing up. We had to figure everything out. Um, when we realized that you know this was happening and that it's not safe anymore to be in person for rehearsals, in person for our whole sh- whole show because at this point um at this point we were really getting ready for a final show we were really really close to performing it uh, maybe a month away something like that but i guess really just by communicating with each other and sharing on ideas and really figuring out how can we get through this together um, we did have to cancel our show which was unfortunate but the cool thing was that in that moment we canceled the show but this upcoming semester, we still gave those choreographers who didn't get to perform and have the dancers perform, we allowed them to do a virtual performance this semester. And so we really wanted to still give the whole orchestra experience to our members,
2: even though we were dealing with something that we've never dealt with before. When we heard the news of the pandemic and Michigan State shutting down, we really did have to take a step back and like, really think about how are we going to navigate this. and even though it was such a terrible situation, it really was a time that we were able to like put our brains together and think about what was best for Orcasus. And even though we had to cancel that show and our classes, and it was really, it was a sad time. We were able to, for the first time ever in Orcasus history, have summer classes and over, over zoom. And we were able to stay connected with everyone in the company through that this summer when everyone was really um, not having the best time. So that was a really, um, It was a good outcome that we were able to do that. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think the online classes were, and when the, everything first got shut down, the online classes that we started doing were a huge success. Um, those had a great turnout. Um, Sarah kind of touched on a little bit, but what was the planning process like for this year, knowing what we were going into? What was the planning process like?
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest, we we came up with solutions for every single situation because as a student organization, you know, we have a lot of rules to follow with both the CDC, of course, but also um, MSU has their own rules for student organizations. um, And we, you know, we weren't, we had no idea, you know, what we would be allowed to do and how each month was so different from the last. Um, And so by just kind of coming up with the board, uh, coming up with every single situation that could happen, And then being like okay no matter what situation happens this is what we can do and this is how we're going to still be there to support our members um i don't know kate if you
2: want to go into specifics but so sarah and i really i think probably end of july started we had a document in google docs of every single situation that we could think of with our knowledge (laughs) of the pandemic that we had in that moment and then we made all these different plans then come August, we had to make a whole nother set of plans because everything kept changing. So it was really just being flexible and just rolling with whatever was thrown at was thrown at us um, to try and make the best situation for OrcaSIS and help our dancers have the best experience that they can uh, given the circumstances.
1: Yeah, I really was on that document like every other day updating, oh, I had this idea, oh, this is the new thing that just came out.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, come to the end of semester now, we had a great and successful company showing. Can you guys talk about that showing?
2: Yeah, so we were able to, we had three groups of choreographers. We had um, well, four total choreographers. We had two that worked as a pair and then two individuals um, who were able to create and run their pieces this semester all virtually. Um, And then in one way or another, they were able to create a video of their dancers dancing separately But through the video, they were dancing together, and we were able to have a very successful showcase of that over Zoom. We had, at one point, I think our highest number was 112 people watching us and supporting our dancers all over Zoom, their hard work um, that they've done throughout the semester. Yeah, and this was
1: actually something that was a huge opportunity that we've never really done before. Because in the past, we have, you know, we have a lot of members who are out of state. And so while they may be in person during, you know, previous years um, performing in our stage, their parents or their families have never been able to actually come in person because of, you know, how far away they live. And so now no matter where you live, because everything was online and we had this virtual showing, um, everyone could come. So people's families, people's friends, it was really a nice turnout because it's just a, it's just a cool way, you know, to kind of take one situation of the pandemic and, Just kind of make the best of it
0: yeah awesome um now for my final question i was wondering where you guys see OrcaSis going in the future in terms of inclusivity and is there anything that the pandemic has taught us that lessons that we will carry on into the future
1: oh my gosh the pandemic has taught us so much um i'm actually gonna let katie answer this though because
2: she's gonna be here next year whereas i'm gonna be graduating but yeah um something that this pandemic has really showed us is that there's really no need to have locational barriers for finding choreographers and teachers and cool opportunities for our dancers and so um through this pandemic we've been able to have um choreographers or not choreographers uh teachers from all over the country be able to teach our dancers and just bring more opportunities and and since we've had so many in person semesters and now we have this one virtual semester we're able to really combine what we've learned from this semester with our in-person semesters and be able to bring so many new and cool opportunities to our dancers no matter their circumstances. Yeah like even to add Katie we we literally just had a company
1: uh, class with a choreographer and teacher from all the way from New York City. I think something that I haven't, I haven't really talked to the eboard about, but something I'm really, really excited to talk to them about is about adding a new eboard position for diversity and inclusion. So we already have a director of communication and community outreach, but diversity and inclusion is so much deeper and so much wider and so literally so important and also fundamental to our core values. And so this is one place that we could just grow so much by really being sure that we are being the most inclusive that we can be and really being there for everyone on MSU's campus, for the dancer community, and really just for members to create a community that everyone feels safe in and feels welcome in. So
2: that's really, really where we're trying to go.
0: Awesome. Do you want to add anything else, Katie?
2: Um. Yeah, I totally agree with what was, what Sarah was saying is um, what she's getting at. Um, everybody comes from such a diverse background, and I think that from all those diverse backgrounds, being able to really learn from not only our professionals that we bring in and our teachers, but being able to learn from each other and grow our knowledge and our love for dance.
0: Awesome, I completely agree. Thank you guys so much for joining me today.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Jake. Thank you, Jake. This
1: is so fun.
0: Overall, Orcas' Dance Company is an arts organization paving the way for inclusivity in the dance industry. If you or someone you know is interested in joining or collaborating with Orcasus, make sure to reach out to our email, officialmsuorcasus at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram, at Dance MSU, and like our Facebook page, MSU Orcasus Dance. This has been Practical Advice for Impractical Pursuits a Michigan State University arts, cultural management, and museum studies podcast. Thank you for the program director, K.F. Latham, and the Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters for supporting this project. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. To hear more episodes and learn how Michigan State is training future arts administrators to manage with compassion and care, visit artsmuseummanagement.cal.msu.edu forward slash podcast.